Our scripture lesson this evening comes from the Gospel of John. If you've been here throughout the season of Advent, you know we've been working through each of the Gospels, looking at how each Gospel tells the Christmas story. And so tonight we're finishing with the Gospel of John, the prologue, verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through uh, 18. Uh, this is found, I believe, on page 862 in your pew Bible, if you'd like to follow along with me. But before I read that, let's bow our heads once again and, and join together in prayer. Gracious and loving God, we come to you now with open hearts, hopeful to hear your word. We pray by the grace of your spirit that the words we hear and the thoughts of our hearts will lead us to your will. For all of us as your church and for each of us as your children. Dear God, we love you. We thank you for your love. Amen. So again, the first chapter of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed has come through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only son who is close to the father's heart who has made him known. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So I hope each of you have had a wonderful Merry Christmas season. For Julianne and I, the Christmas season of 2019 will always be known as the Christmas tree disaster. We bought our Christmas tree from the same place we always bought it. We order it from a local church. And, and use it to raise money for their youth group. And in the past couple of years, we've gotten a beautiful tree, a wonderful tree. This year, we got a beautiful tree. We ordered an eight-foot tree, and by some mistake, or maybe just gift of generosity, they sent us a ten-foot tree. That sounds wonderful, except we had some concern that it would not fit inside the house. It would not fit in our, our room. That actually turned out not to be a problem, but because when I was trying to pull the tree off the top of my car, it fell and the top broke off, and so we had no problem whatsoever. We got it in the house. It wasn't the height that it was the problem. It was just the sheer size. It was so big and so heavy, it really didn't even fit into our Christmas tree stand. When we started decorating it, we didn't have enough lights for the tree, and so I had to go back to the store two times to get enough lights for our Christmas tree. Finally, we got it propped up. We got it all decorated. We got all of our ornaments on it. It looked beautiful except for the flat top, of course. And, but then two days later, I came home from work and it was laying flat on its side. 
I assumed it was our cat, but uh, when I looked a little bit closer, I realized that the trunk had split right up the middle. That it had, uh, somehow the stand had just uh, taken hold of it and it had not worked. And Julianne came home, I couldn't lift it by myself, so we tried to prop it back up. I used the best duct tape and wire money could buy. I did everything I possibly could, but we finally decided it was just too dangerous. And so for about an hour, I held the tree like this while Julianne wrapped, uh, unwrapped all of those lights and took each of those ornaments off and we hauled it out to the backyard. Now, for a few days, I was kind of like, I guess, Ebenezer Scrooge. I tried to pretend that this was a good thing, that I didn't have to worry about all those nasty pine needles, or I, you know, I didn't have to uh, have that Christmas blues at the end of the, uh, the year when we had to take all the ornaments down. All that was done, and I didn't have to worry about it. But after a couple of days, I started to miss something. It was not just that smell of the pine or, or all of those little ornaments, but what I missed most of all were the lights on that tree. See, we have this kind of tradition in my family that we like every night to come home and turn off all the other lights in the den and turn on the Christmas tree lights and just sit there basking in the, the ambient light of that tree. And Julianne must have missed it too because she went straight out to Bed Bath & Beyond and bought a little candle and she stuck it on our, uh, our coffee table and we lit that little candle and that was our light, our Christmas light for just a few days. Christmas is the season of lights. In fact, Christmas is the story of light, if you believe the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, but it began many, many years ago, even before the beginning of time, when the Word was the light and life of all people. And Christmas is the time when we remember that that light entered into the world when in this dark and dreary world when we needed that light the most. It tells us the story that Jesus Christ was the light of the world, the light that we truly need, the light that lightens up our light, that reminds us who God is and reminds us even more so of who we're supposed to be. Of course, that light, you know the story, didn't come into the world exactly the way we would expect the light of God to come into the world. It didn't come in with a huge crashing lightning bolt or with a, a blinding light from the sky, but came in the most unusual way. And a tiny little baby, really no more than just a little flicker of a flame in the darkness and the dreariness of this world. Not in a blinding light that overwhelmed us, but in a dark and dreary night from a baby who was, before he was even born, despised and rejected and had to be born in a barn. That's not the way we would expect God to come into this world, for God to shine God's light upon us, and yet that's the Christmas story, that Jesus Christ comes into the darkness of the world right where we need Jesus Christ the most. Will Willimon, the famous uh, Christian preacher, tells a wonderful story about when he went to the Holy Land to, to visit all of those wonderful sites that we know and we love. He went to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem and he went to famous churches and he was awe-inspired by all of it except for when he went to the town of Nazareth. Nazareth, Jesus' hometown where Jesus grew up. He, he wrote that when he got to Nazareth, he was disappointed. It was this kind of dreary and dirty town, this dusty town, this gray town, this town, not a place that was fit for the king of the world, the savior of the world. And he was even more disappointed when he got to Jesus's house, the traditional place where Jesus was supposed to have grown up. It was this gray house with gray walls and gray floors. It was 
dark and dreary, not what he expected at all. But then when he turned to leave that house, he noticed that someone had scribbled something up on the wall, right there on the wall next to the door. They'd scribbled those words from the Gospel of John. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt here, in this place, so dark and dirty and musty and, oh, not beautiful at all. But we'll learn what the true meaning of the incarnation was, that that's what Jesus Christ came to do, to come into the darkness and the dreariness of this world, this world that had lost sight of that light of God and could once again see that light and be changed by that light once and for all. Of course, that tiny little light sometimes doesn't seem to compare to the darkness of this world around us. Sometimes I think the darkness that we see around us in this world that we still face every single day is, is far more powerful than any of the lights that we try to, to celebrate during this Christmas season. It's no wonder that we celebrate Christmas during the darkest month of the year, December, when the winter solstice takes place because it reminds us of how much we need that light of Christ. And yet, no matter how fast that darkness seems to, to move, how quickly that darkness seems to move around us, the Christmas story teaches us that the light of Christ moves even faster. No matter how fast darkness and hatred and violence and evil can seem to move around us in this world, the Christmas story, the story of Jesus Christ, proves to us that that little baby born in a manger grew and that little tiny candle of a light that started so many thousand years ago expanded into this glorious blaze of a church in a world that needed Jesus Christ the most. This past week I was reading a story that reminded me of that. It was a story of two sisters, true, true story of two sisters, one named Susie and one named Nancy. And back in 1978, Susie discovered that she had breast cancer. And so she went to her doctor, the same doctor she went to all of her life. And they did some surgery and they tried to tell her that they thought it was cured, everything was going to be okay. But then just a few months later, they discovered that, well, the cancer had spread too quickly. And it was already in her lungs and already in her lymph nodes. And so they needed to do more treatment. And so she went and tried to find some other places to get treatment. But every time the doctors kept telling her, well, it's spreading so quickly. It's spreading so quickly. And finally one day in a hospital room, she and her sister were sitting there in a waiting room talking about how quickly this cancer was spreading. And they said, you know, the treatment and the research needs to spread just as fast. We have to do something about this so that the treatment and the research can spread as fast as my cancer is. And so they made a pledge as sisters that day that they were going to do something about it. And when Susie died a few months later, Nancy took a little shoebox and she put $200 in that shoebox and a list of names. And that is how the Susan G. Komen Foundation started. A little tiny shoebox a little promise between sisters that now, 40 years later, has raised over $3 billion. That's what happens. It can start with just a little promise. It can start with a little shoebox. It can start with a baby born in a manger. But when we let that love of Christ shine out from us, when we let that love of Christ spread through us, it spreads all over the world like wildfire. 
It can change the world. It can change not just your life, but it can change the world of all the lives around us. Tonight, you're going to get a chance to, to celebrate that light yourself. We're going to light those candles that you got. Now, sometimes I like, as I said, to, to kind of reflect on that light. I hold that candle and look at it and watch that little flame flicker. But tonight, I don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to pass that light, to spread that light as fast as you can to the people around you, to see how fast we can light up this room all from the light of one single candle up front. Because that's the story of Christmas. It's the story of a little tiny baby who unsuspectingly came into the darkness and the dreariness of this world and would change the world because people shared the good news. One of my favorite stories to tell during this time of year is an old story about a famous uh, Scottish writer, Robert Louis Stevenson. When he was a boy growing up in the 18th century, he, he... it was really dark then when they didn't have electricity. And when he was going home, they didn't have lights like we have today. In fact, the only lights that were on the road were these little lamps that they had to light with, with lamp lighters, with, with real fire and candles. And so one night when he and his father were heading home from church, it was getting dark and his father was worried it was going to get dangerous. And so he was dragging Robert along. But Robert was slowly dragging his feet, looking at the lamp lighters as they were doing their work. And finally, His father stopped and yelled at him and said, Why are you dragging your feet? What are you doing? And Robert looked up at his father and said, Dad, I'm watching the lamplighters. They're punching holes in the darkness. They're punching holes in that darkness. And I can't take my eyes off of them. That's what Jesus Christ came to do. That baby born in the manger punched a hole in the darkness that seems so strong around us in this world. Punched a hole in that darkness so that this world would never be the same. And what you and I are called to do tonight is to take that Christmas light and share it in those dark places in the world around us. Share it with those people who are in darkness even now. Share it with those people who are hurting or who are in need. Share it through your kindness. Share it through your forgiveness. Share it through your generosity. Share it through your love. Go out into this world just like Jesus Christ did so many thousand years ago and punch holes in the darkness in this world. Just like any other gift, you can take that gift we give you tonight, that little bit of light, and you can keep it to yourself and think about how the light of Christ changed your life. But you know what? If you spread that light, if you pass it on to people around you and people out there in the world, it won't just change your life. But that's a light that can change the whole world. That's who we're here to worship tonight. That's why we're all here tonight, because Jesus Christ changed us before, and we know Jesus Christ can do it again. To the glory of God. Amen.